Back to That's Orgasmic, you are joined by your host Emily Duncan, and today I'm here with Victoria Redbard, who is Australia's leading sexuality expert, a speaker, author, facilitator, and altogether business badass. Over the past three years, she's founded the Institute of the New Paradigm Intimacy, a globally accredited sexuality school honing its cutting edge self pleasure modality. So, welcome to That's Orgasmic, Victoria. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I would love to talk to you today about the development of the sexuality industry um, and like where you think we're at right now, uh, I guess like any issues, any great developments. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to chat about that. It's actually kind of perfect and ties into what we just spoke about before we hit record. You know, you've kind of come through this pathway of um, more of the degrees and what and like yearning for this sort of sexology space. And I also had a similar part when I started on my journey, you know, about uh, probably like eight or nine years ago, I kind of was like, actually, actually taking it back even further, I remember being like 17 when I was just had this thought of like, I want to be a sexuality practitioner or like, I want to be a sex coach. Like these thoughts were running through my mind and looking around and being like, this isn't even a real job. Like this doesn't even exist, you know, and finding like these, these pathways and looking at what is the options, what is the ways that they, like I could actually help people with their sexuality and even like, where could I learn? And that was the whole, like um, journey in itself of like, where does, um, where does one learn about these pieces? And what actually started to come for me was like looking down the same path as you going down this road of like, what's the degrees that are like relevant and each and one, everyone that I found was really focused on, um, you know, there's two ways you can talk about sexuality. So people talk about sexuality as in like, what, what is your gender? Like, what is your sex? And then the sexuality of like, what actually happens, you know, in the bedroom. And there's, there's two different ways that people are looking at it. And there's very clinical way of looking at it, which is all about sexual health and kind of like really prevention in a way and like keeping people healthy. And then there's the more of the risky side, right? It's like what actually happens as we dive into those mysteries, into those frequencies, into those places that um, are not studied. And, you know, I went and I learned a bit, a little bit about Masters and Johnson. I don't know if you heard about them. They're, during the 60s, they were kind of exploring the orgasm. They had a lot of theories that actually aren't true anymore. And I kind of went through this phase of just opening up and wanting to discover a bit more about yeah, these two different pathways that I started to track was like one was the, you know, the direction of health, the direction of, um, you know, learning about like, like how to how to work with the what happens when things go wrong in sex, basically, or when people are having a mental crisis about their identity, about their gender, about their health, all these different things. And there's this other side, which I started to see, which was around um you know, the mysteries, the greater deep, the, the deepening of what happens in our sexuality. And I knew that my pull was towards this, like this more risky side. And mm. when I would look out and I'd try to scope it out, I couldn't find anything. And for me, this is when I started looking at, okay, well, I'll take a degree then I'll do this. You know, it was like, I was, there was a yearning, there was a hunger for something, but it wasn't until I started to um, really deepen inside of my own practice that I started to open up the doors. So I, I, like most people inside of this industry, had my own version of sexual trauma, abusive partner, you know, like I've had, you know, all those different things that most of us have had. And it was upon like that, you know, that breakup and coming into my own body and discovering self-pleasure 
not as a masturbation practice, but actually as a self-closure practice, which has been the whole unraveling of my path and just really allowing self-pleasure to be um, what happens when you're not, when you don't take off your clothes or what happens when you're not touching your genitals, but you're still working with that eros, still working with that life force energy that's moving through the body. And upon going into those places, that's almost when the mysteries actually started to unravel internally and also externally. It was like the more I came into my own being, the more I started to, the doors just started to open. And you hear that saying quite a lot, don't you? Like um, the saying is um, when the student is ready, the teacher will, will arrive or something like that. I don't think I'm saying it quite right, but it's just like saying like the, the guru basically arrives when you're ready. And that's, that was really my experience. It was just like, I, I, I was seeking my, my mind was like, I know there's more here. I want something more. And then what started to happen from there was like this, um, the deeper I went into myself, all these people kept showing up. It was like, and now these people that I was, that I found, you know, like a decade ago, are sort of like the pioneers of some of the biggest movements that we're seeing in sexuality now. And I mean, I had the, the blessing of being able to journey with these masters and sit with them and listen to their process and listen to their wild stories of what was like that was going on for them back you know over a over you know two decades ago when they started out you know and what was what I feel like I've been wanting to share and kind of what pulled me to do this podcast of you is to share a bit about the greater scope of what I see is actually happening so there's something that we're that you would be aware of now now being in space it's like people are really um talking a lot about being trauma-informed. Yes, absolutely. It's everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Stop, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's such a big topic right now. And there's a real like um, pushback against some of these like pioneering sexuality practices because, you know, they're dangerous. You know, they were wild. They were like, the, you know, they were the Wild West. And, you know, being so close to some of these pioneers and some of these people that were bringing this stuff forward I feel like I have this different viewpoint on it. Of course, like I created my modality that is also trauma-informed, but it was quite interesting because when I was actually creating my modality, you could have said like the way that I was going about it was probably not trauma-informed mm-hmm. not because that saying of trauma-informed wasn't even a thing back then, but also because the people that are riding that cutting edge and are working with something that is unknown, like the mysteries of sexuality and the way that the body unravels is it's it's not about like seeking about making sure someone has a safe practice it's actually about finding like that that evolutionary edge and seeing what the body is actually capable of and i mean if you think about like the um you know the best sex you've ever had maybe it's not some it's not it actually is often riding those edges of just like okay what happens when we go in and open up this part of our psyche you know Mm -hmm. so I mean I'm curious have you had experiences like that yeah absolutely I feel like when I look at some of I guess not necessarily even the best sex but the sex that is just stuck in my mind like if I when you say that I instantly have examples of my own experience come to mind and they are 100% experiences where if I kind of wrote it down on paper I'd be like oh I don't know about that or oh that that might be coming from a place of a bit more like toxicity or something that might be triggering for me but kind of in that moment it was almost a way just to express all of this emotion if that makes sense and I guess it's like erotic energy that if I I guess was told 
like before it even happened, I'd probably be like, oh no, that's something that I wouldn't, maybe it might not be right for me, if that makes sense. I just feel like there's, it might've been an experience that made me uncomfortable, but it was actually something that kind of almost expanded how my sexuality in a way, if that makes sense. Completely. I mean, the way that, and, and, and I love you bringing it in this way as well, because like, this is actually what people are going through inside of their own um, experiences of their own sex life. It's confusing. <laughs> oh, it's so confusing. It, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, is that toxic or is that this? And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is really having people tap into that place of actually trusting their trance state, because actually that's what's happening. What you're talking about is that arousal that actually moves us into a trance state. And when we move into trance state, there is um, a magic and a possibility that can actually start to happen. And, you know, what's, it's actually super important, this trauma-informed movement that we are now all a part of um, for the reason of um, the, work, the work is getting so much more mainstream. You know, like when I would speak to those pioneers that I just shared about, like that when they first started doing this work, the people in their workshops were just like the the outcasts of society. You know, they were the people that lived on the fringes and they weren't, um, you know, your everyday people. So they were available for the weirdness. And now what we're actually seeing is the people that come into these sexuality retreats and going to sacred sexuality spaces and discovering the mysteries are just your everyday people. And so that jump from like, you know, your everyday mainstream life, somebody that's, you know, working with mainstream media and doing like those kind of things, they're bumping into these, these really deep trance state mysteries and they just don't make sense to them. And that is because, you know, like advertising, also just the wave of like social media, the wave of all these different things. Like how I was sharing with you when I um, discovered these pioneers, it was because, well, this is my take on it because it, I didn't find them through social media. I found them through opening up a vibration inside of my body through my own self-discovery, which then became a vibrational match for meeting these people in real life. So that wasn't, that is not how most people are meeting their sexuality teachers nowadays. They're meeting them not through like my vibe creates my tribe or whatever. They're meeting them through, oh, I just saw this social media ad and now I'm in this workshop learning about sacred sexuality, which is super edgy and really far away from my everyday life. And maybe has, I've never had an experience like this before. And so their first experiences of opening to these vibrations is happening in, um, you know, in, in a sort of a public space, in a workshop space which is why it's becoming more and more important for these trauma-informed spaces to, to exist and why we feel like we need to actually start to like create spaces for both of those things to exist, like the, the vibrational awakening where people are hearing some, a call to something deeper and they're being brought into that trance-like state. And for someone like yourself, like you said, like I decided to wake up to this during my sexuality. And if you can stabilize those weird experiences inside of your own body, then you're probably ready for more of this transformational work. And this is really like where a lot of my work is going now. So I have the, the new paradigm intimacy, the school, which is trauma informed. It attracts a lot of people that are um, just everyday people. And then I also am starting to feel like the, you know, the kind of the, the origins of my own journey, which has been, you know, pioneering something. You know, when I brought the self-pleasure modality through, like it had to go through a big wave of being like, okay, how does this become trauma-informed? How does this actually hold the wider scope? Because it got so much bigger than what I could have ever dreamed of. You know, when I thought I was bringing this through, I thought I was bringing it through for like-minded people like myself. 
for people that um you know wanted to live on the edge that were you know wanted to explore something that they'd never seen or heard of before but what I started to attract was just your everyday people and I was like oh okay this actually needs a whole different um parameter and containment than what I expected so a lot of it a lot of the discovery of self-pleasure self modality which was me sitting with people witnessing them in their self-pleasure opening up trance-like states and holding beautiful like unconditional love for the, the rawness and the the shadows of all their sexuality I really had to bring that into like um like what how do I actually allow that to how do I bring that into a containment so that people that are just doing this course are able to actually receive people in their sexuality? Because what was happening is I'd have people come in and as I was gradually opening them to witnessing people in their sexuality, there was, um, yeah, there was things they were bumping up against. There was parts of themselves that were really like challenging for them to integrate. And that's the truth of, of sacred sexuality. Like when we see other people, in their trance-like state, in their arousal, it can be confronting. And my path and my journey has been to hold complete unconditional love for all shadows and all, of all sexuality, because that was my rite of passage. And really just finding where my rite of passage meets the everyday world has been a big part of my, my journey through this. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I guess going into this industry and really finding your niche and what it is that has, I guess, your own transformation and putting that back out there, but then having it meet with these everyday people because it sexuality and, like, this whole sexology space has expanded so much that even, like, for me a few years ago when I said that this is what I wanted to get into, everyone goes, what's that? Now when I tell people, they're like, oh, is that like this person? Is that like what this person does? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And it's I can see that it's really meeting so many more um, just everyday people, which is amazing because I feel like everybody does need to, I guess, expand and embrace their sexuality. And But, yeah, how did you find then having like these, I guess, more like, as we said, like everyday people coming into your um like your school and like what you'd coach and teach did you like when this first started have like when it first started to happen did you have to yeah like did you have to it kind of in that moment like okay actually I need to adapt this to these people no <laughs> in a word I feel like um yeah it was you're actually really speaking to something that's been a big part of my initiation through launching the new paradigm intimacy school it was a real like um like it was a big like spiraling of like whoa like what is it that actually needs to come through here because you know the self-pleasure modality is like um it's really for me there's like a, a such a purity of what this work wanted to be when it came through me and it was and what I actually really felt when it did come through, I was like, this is not my teaching. It's not my work. You know, there's some things that come through me that I'm like, oh, this is actually like, I'm supposed to be the guardian of this. I'm supposed to hold this and like really take care of it and be listening to it. It's like, I see ideas as like little, you know, little gems, you know, and some of them you're supposed to be like, everybody touch this gem. It's amazing. <laughs> and other times you're supposed to like, okay, actually I need to like tend to this and like keep shining it until it's ready to be seen by the world, you know? And for me, the self-pleasure modality was like, everybody needs this, you know, it was like, and it did feel like that. It was like, um, 
and I so a bit of both I would say like in some ways it wasn't just like a oh I'm just going to take everything on that everyone's saying to me like it was like a real listening and a journeying because what was happening was a lot of people that came into the course just were just like drinking this up and being like oh my god I've been waiting for this my whole life and other people that were coming in they were like I don't know how to be in my body I don't know how to be with these I can't hold the the vibration of like arousal or life force energy moving through my body it's almost like um like I see like an electrical current that's too strong for the wire or something you know that's kind of what I was um experiencing for these people and the pathway really was just like calling in all the people and it was like I started to be able to like hear the voices of of all of the people that were actually experiencing the self-pleasure modality and I, and I actually sat and I and I and I listened to so much feedback like and sometimes that was really painful actually like it was really challenging because it was like you know in some ways this was my baby that I birthed into the world but it was this in the listening in the um in in the humbling myself to actually say like what is it what do you want as in like if this is the self-pleasure modality if this is the the actual modality itself if it's got if it's if the modality itself had its own life force if it was like a plant that I was tending to it was like what does that actually need right now versus what do I want from it and that's really been the pathway is like listening to that and as it came through and I, and I was able to listen to that and really feel it more than I could feel myself and what I desired what actually came through was just the decentralization of what the self-pleasure modality wanted to be and I mean, the, I actually started learning about this at the same time as I started learning about um, Web3. So I also have a, a course where I teach people about Web3, cryptocurrency, all these different ideas, decentralized autonomous organizations. Um, and that's kind of like this cutting edge technology that, is, that has been coming in onto our planet, which is really shaking up power and money and, you know, a lot of things. And generally power, money, sex, you know, they kind of all the frequencies. So what I started to track was with this, this decentralization that was happening through Web3, which was basically like multiple people being able to hold um, a concept. So if, if you think about a bank, that it's more like a centralization. It's like we're all going to trust in this bank to hold our money. Whereas with um, decentralized autonomous organizations and say Bitcoin, there's no person like managing that or leading that. It's just its own uh like life force basically and so i started to sort of see this modality working in a really similar way with these similar um energies of like what happens when when this when this modality has its own life force and all and i actually tend to this plant with multiple people so there was a real calling in of the students and um you know i actually brought on some of the students to be facilitators because i could really feel that they were holding this vibrational um match for what what this this life force actually really wanted in the world. So that actually took off. Once I started to hear the technology of how this thing wanted to move in the world, it became a lot easier to manage it and to work with it. Mm, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious what you make of that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I honestly, I have not had anybody come on here and talk about crypto. Have We have not made the connection <laughs> between sex and crypto yet. <laughs> but, I mean, I just love like sitting here and seeing how like your passion and seeing how you've obviously trusted your guard and where just let it flow like just let what's obviously meant to come to you come to you um because yeah no that is 
super interesting. I kind of, when you were talking, then it made me think a bit about like, um, especially the first part of that, a bit about the ego. Um, and I guess I would also like love to talk about egos when working as a sexuality practitioner. Cause I feel like in the current age of technology and social media, um, there's a lot of like, I want more followers. I want more clients and money. And I guess feeding into our egos. And I guess I'd be curious on like how we can expand past our ego and like actually like embody the work that we're doing. I think that's actually a great piece. Like for me with this self-pleasure modality, it was the biggest ego death of my life, you know, (laughs) like it was like, this is the first thing that I really brought into the world in a really big way. And just being like, oh, it's not actually for me. You know, like for somebody who'd come from all this like kind of pioneering teachers and um, working with this kind of like the outs- outsiders of the world to being like, okay, this is mainstream now and it needs to be trauma-informed. There was actually parts of me that didn't want it to be trauma-informed. And not because trauma-informed is not a good, a good thing. I actually think it's an incredible thing. I think it's so necessary, so needed. And I believe that self-pleasure modality actually did want to be trauma-informed as well. But just because I knew the beauty of what was was happening in some of those trance state places. And I felt like perhaps we were going to miss out on that if we started to bring in this trauma informed thing. And now I'm starting to see that actually this is like the building block that actually it makes the the trance states more um, accessible because of the trauma informed. But my own process of going through that was was a big ego death. Um, And what I want to say is like in letting go and it not being mine anymore, like actually that is when the success of the new paradigm intimacy really started to happen it was like if i was gardening it and saying no this is my modality this is what i wanted to be and this is how like it wants to move in the world i probably would have killed the plant you know i probably would have killed the life of this modality but in letting it be um something that you know the community held together and like witnessed it actually like emerge and be listened to by so many different people and so many different perspectives it took on a life of its own. And actually that's a, that's a parallel to Bitcoin there as well. <laughs> like it had a centralized thing, even if it was a person that didn't, we didn't know who owned Bitcoin, but we had a name for it. Um, Stash, uh, Stash, I can't remember his name actually, but there was a guy that they said that, would, that invented it. He wasn't a real person. It was like an A-list. And as soon as that was like, everyone realized that it didn't exist and that there was no centralization to Bitcoin, that's actually when Bitcoin took off. And that was a very similar thing that I watched in the technology of new paradigm intimacy. So as soon as I like let go of the reins and started to say like, I'm here to tend to it in this particular way. And I found my place in it. That's when I started to see it go off on its own. And now the new paradigm intimacy has its own brand. It has its own, um, you know, colors. It has its own, like the school is its own entity. And it's not like Victoria Redbard school. It's like the school has its own life force. And that um, was actually incredible for me to witness and to learn about in that way. And I think having studying about Web3 and like crypto at the same time actually allowed for the um, for the understandings to drop in sooner and quicker because it's just like the cutting edge technology of the world was starting to unravel through my own in my own eyes, you know. So yeah, no, that's really interesting. So like, how did you find this? process of letting go then like because you just mentioned that like learning about crypto I guess kind of helped facilitate that was there anything else that was kind of pivotal on that um 
Well, one of the things you just shared about was like social media, right? And um, also money, like those are really big conversations. Like when I started to let it go, it was like, okay, well, this is not, this money is not for me. You know, it's like, it started to actually have me kind of up level in my own money stories as well and say like, can I actually like give most of this away because it needed to be run by other people. It needed other, other facilitators. Like I've brought on three other facilitators that are also teaching alongside of me now. And that, and it was, I could have chosen just one facilitator, you know, I just had me and one other facilitator. But what I chose inside of that was like, it was like I was, I just saw that that was what was needed. Because if it was one other person, it was just going to become another kind of personal brand. Mm-hmm. In having like four of us facilitating this, this, um, this life force, uh, I keep seeing a plant for some reason today. So I'm seeing this <laughs> plant. This is like this little growing garden almost, you know, of the of the new paradigm intimacy. There's an honesty that comes when multiple people are sharing power and multiple people are, are listening to something that is bigger than us. Um, and that, yeah, that level of honesty just brings so much humility. And I feel like in, and, and it almost, it, it kind of bypasses the decision around money. Like, of course, it would be financially better perhaps to have one person in that role, but it's not the honest thing. It's not what the, what the, what is actually being called for here. And I think for me, since listening to that current over any kind of scarcity or any other kind of story, or even like, is that good for my personal brand? Am I going to be full? It's like, that's actually when I felt the most fullness. Like, I feel like I've come, I'm not saying I'm, I probably could have been richer or something if I'd have taken it on on my own, but the richness of what I'm experiencing in my life and like the abundance of creative energy and um, I guess like true purpose and like Dharma and all those pieces. It's like, I'm so looked after in, in a completely different way than I could have ever expected. That is so refreshing to hear because I feel like everything that, I don't know if it's just the social media I've been absorbing, but it's very much felt like like I have to build something for like me and it being about me and like I guess yeah, I don't know. I just I haven't had somebody sit down and explain it like that and it's so refreshing to hear that because even just I feel like with like a capitalistic society it's so just like and even just with how a bit like with feminism and women being like girl bosses and like, you know, trying to be these powerful and rich and, you know, running these big companies and being these powerhouses. It's so refreshing to hear actually just giving into, I guess, the your, like your work and what feels good and letting it actually come to and not trying to, you know, I guess, force it to be something and listening to your gut and your intuition on what felt right for you is so refreshing to hear. I would say as well, like depending on what your business is, you know, like the moment where I made that decision where I went, okay, here's like sexuality as health and education and mind understanding and here's sex as the mysteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the moment I chose sex as the mysteries and to go into those trance states and to deal with arousal and the shadow and and you know the collective wounds around sexuality it was like I just chose that path 
you know it's like that path was had to come to me in that way if i was going to bring out a, like a, a counseling service or something like that maybe the the boss bitch and you know all those energies is probably more relevant i guess like i don't want to make either of them wrong is what i wanted to bring through mm. But what I do feel like my piece in this conversation is, is like, I'm very, I'm, I'm pretty much only interested in the cutting edge. <laughs> I'm only interested in sort of where the evolutionary uh, reality lives, you know, and I've had, I, I tracked, you know, me and some of my peers tracked this some time ago that this was coming into the mainstream. Like, I just went to see that movie the other night. Um, Good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, I haven't heard of it. Oh, oh God, you're going to have to see this. It's a great movie. <laughs> so it's Emma Thompson who plays like Nanny McPhee. She's also in Harry Potter. She's like a very famous actress. And she's an older woman widowed in this movie and she hires a sex worker. A young oh, woman. yes, yes, yes. Just didn't know it by its name. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she hires a sex worker and it is the most beautiful, profound movie. And what I was left with after I left the cinema was like, it's happened, you know, like, and I'm in this really interesting phase of like, you know, along about, you know, eight to 10 years ago, I was sitting there thinking like, this stuff needs to be mainstream. Like I'm learning about these things in my body. Things are happening. Things are going on for me. And this needs to come into the mainstream. I'm angry that I've not had any sex education in my life. I'm pissed off that, you know, you know, there's so much rape and bullshit in this world and there's all these things going on and that this conversation is not normalised. And now, you know, a decade later, I'm sitting here in a cinema, a mainstream cinema, watching this with everyday humans, you know, an older lady hiring a sex worker and the normalisation of that, the normalisation of her body image piece is coming through with it, you know? Like the truth of so much, like, wisdom that has just been swirling around our planet for so long is now landing. Mm, and it's amazing I guess for us to be able to not only witness it but be a part of it and be working within that space and I can only imagine in another 10 years it's going to be whole transformed again and probably another 10 years after that like I feel like it's one of those industries that has been it's been around forever but it's finally starting to I guess come back come back to us and our bodies and um expressing it because like the same like I basically had no sex ed it sucked and even just people even just little things like not even little things it's quite a big thing embracing self-pleasure outside of it just being a sexual thing like getting back to our bodies and just feeling pleasure just things like that that I feel like are finally coming coming out more and being normalized more and not just being on this like go 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 like actually sitting and being with ourselves completely and what I do want to say as well as much as I really like was so moved by my excitement of like wow you know I saw this 10 years ago and now it's here I also you know woke up the next morning to the news of you know some woman in Iran that was killed for taking a head you know so like yes so much has been done and yes we're watching this thing in this mainstream and there's celebration to be had and there's also a massive amount of shifts and changes that are are going to be coming mm. and so, you know my message to all people you know like yourself and all the you know amazing men and women in the world that are opening to this um yeah and gender fluid people that are opening to this understanding of that that 
sexuality is their calling and what they're here to pioneer in this life like my message to you is like the wave has only just begun you know like this is only just started what we are touching on what we're seeing now in mainstream cinemas like we're only just getting started like this this start this conversation is just uh, is just like the wave is just tipping like it hasn't even crashed yet yeah no absolutely and I think also with like mentioning say like what's happening in Iran and I feel like the more that we push and expand the more that there's also going to be that pushback and that repression and like even looking at America with their abortion laws and everything that happened it's like we keep making all these advancements but then it also feels like we keep getting hit back down um and I guess that's going to be just an ugly part of the process of expanding as I guess all those the other people who who don't want that to happen and trying to repress us at the same time yeah and what I want to share is like it's not even about one way or the other happening you know it's not about like we need to get women's rights or we need to get any particular rights it's just like everything's unfolding and Mm. like we get to be a part of that we get to be a voice inside of that no matter what our voice is and I think it's beautiful that we probably all have very different voices but just bringing that conversation to light, no matter what side of the conversation you're fighting for, is huge because it gets to be a part of the conversation. You know, when I was 17, standing in my mum's garden, being like, I want to be a sex coach, that job didn't even exist. You know, that reality didn't even exist that people would even know what that was. And now there's an opportunity for us to receive the abundance that we need to live on this planet, to, you know, be in the world and have a voice for that, to live our soul's mission and make like a living from it like that Mm. for me it's exciting part of all you know like really stepping in the arena and being a part of that conversation with so many others is what I'm standing for in this lifetime yeah absolutely do you have any advice for those who do want to get into this field now do it now (laughs) do not wait (laughs) (laughs) it's happening you know like that's that's my biggest piece to that is like you know, there's certain waves that we've watched come and go and very similar to what I was speaking about with the crypto. It's like, there's a lot of people that are like, damn, we should have got into Bitcoin back in, you know, 2014 or something, you know, it's like, there's, this is a very similar wave to that. And if you are sitting on the sidelines being like, this is my soul's purpose, like don't wait any longer because we're getting into this now is like the difference between, you know, being in Bitcoin in 2014 and being in Bitcoin today, you know, like like the abundance mm-hmm. and also just like the impacts of what actually can come. Like it's huge. Mm. And no, I feel there is no there's no better time than to be a part of this new paradigm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I feel like it's something that's going to expand very fast. Like um, even just from the course I'm doing, they said like from last year to this year, there's an extra 30 enrollments, which for them, they were like, this is insane. Like we've never seen anything like it, like a whole nother 30 enrollments. Like it's just, it really is one of those spaces that's like, I really feel like it's about to really just like take off and um, yeah, explode. Do you have any other things like you want to touch on when it comes to like the development of the sexuality industry? Yeah, I do actually. So there's a couple of things there. Just with what you just said, like this is your graduate diploma in sexology. And there's also, and I get this question a lot, right? Because I have this, um, I have a globally accredited um, school, the New Paradigm Intimacy. And um, it's the certification basically that allows you to become a self-funded practitioner. And a lot of people message me like, I don't know whether to go into this degree or in sexology and I don't know whether to do this course that you're doing. 
And they both offer very different styles of learning. They offer very different um, outcomes. I myself have just finished a um, Bachelor of Counselling for after four years. And so I've kind of got a bit of a scope of, you know, degrees and also, um, you know, the work that I've been doing. And I really don't feel like there's a right or wrong answer of which way you can go in this. Like, you, I, I really, I feel like there's a piece of just coming back into your central channel and just feeling like the people that you want to help. You know, like there's, for me, it's been about like, who do I, who am I here to help in this lifetime? And when I felt the the feeling of like who I want to help, it actually helps me move past these ideas. Like, you know, in so many ways, like obviously I have a strong bias towards my school, but mm-hmm. the, the return on investment that I have seen people get from doing, becoming a self-pleasure practitioner is a lot faster. But it's also like, I have also seen people that have gone through my course and then gone, um, actually, I, I really know I'm here to help people in the mainstream and I need those letters next to my name, you know? So there's like, there's, there's layers of like, what is it that you, like you want to actually step into when you're coming into this space? And there's a lot of people that I know that have thought about doing the degree and then come and do my course. They don't regret it because it's almost like the, the threshold they had to step through to come over to the, to the course that I do is the fear of not being able to get clients. Like people think, oh, if I'm in the mainstream, I'll be able to get clients and I'll be able to be part of the system um, in a different way. But what we're talking about, this evolutionary wave, this massive shift of consciousness that we're starting to see is that so much more mainstream people are coming over and working with self-pleasure practitioners, which is why we're having to become more trauma-informed, which is why we're seeing this huge shift of, of reality, basically. So yeah, like all I've seen from people that come through the course is just like that capacity to be like, whoa, there are so much more clients here than I ever expected. And I have had people that have done the degrees and finished degrees that have come over to my course and been like getting um, clients instantly when they haven't been able to get clients for years doing the degree. So it's all like mindset and what's actually like possible inside of yourself. Mm. To kind of give you a bit of a, a difference as well is like, the way that we teach at the New Paradigm Intimacy is very new paradigm, I suppose. It's like we're working with transmission-based learning. It's not read a book and understand cognitively something in your mind. And for me, I've sat in front of, you know, thousands of clients now and listened to their woes around sexuality. And pretty much my personal experience is that anything I've learned in a book is irrelevant when you've got a human body in front of you. <laughs> and That's especially so and like the sexual psyche is ever changing you know like my i am 31 years old and i'm the last generation that that grew up without internet pornography and tinder and you know like some major changes to how our sexuality actually functions and works so for me there is a sense of like when we work through transmission based learning what what i'm teaching people is actually how to be with the bodies in front of you and how to actually um, open and be able to listen to what's actually coming through from that body. And that really is like, for me, what I've heard from people that have done degrees that have come over to the self-pleasure modality is like, wow, like the information I'm learning is just so much more tangible. It's so much more um, useful when I'm actually sitting one-on-one with a client because we're learning to read the body versus. And then some through the mind. And sexuality doesn't happen through the mind. If we could fix it through the mind, 
that would be great. <laughs> but it's not something that I've seen as possible. It's a very embodied experience and learning to open ourselves up to basically be able to be in unconditional love with whatever comes through from that other human body is the greatest gift that we can give humanity. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going going into this space, it's one of those things that maybe you won't know exactly which way you're meant to go until you're in it. Like now that I've nearly finished my clinical kind of sexology side, I'm starting to realise, hang on, I need more of this, this embodiment, this different space because there's been a few like moments throughout the course that have just not sat right with me. Like for um, one example, for instance, is like this um, – because one of our lecturers is a psychologist. So he's like, your client can't know anything about you. All they can know is like, you have a dog, you like the ocean and that's it. Like you need to keep that kind of wall up, but then still build a therapeutic alliance. And I was sitting there and I was just, it felt really, um, just didn't sit right. And I was like, well, but that's not how I necessarily, like I want to be a human and connect with my clients. And then I went, well, I have a whole podcast with 60 episodes where I'm so open and vulnerable. Do I now have to go and delete that? Because, like, how do I navigate this space? And, like, there's been a few moments like that where I've been like, okay, this has been amazing because it's given me the opportunity to enter this field. I'm going to take the bits and pieces that work for me. But I think there's actually this whole other field that isn't necessarily this clinical side and maybe it's this in-between space um, that I can yeah go and navigate because it's one of those things but honestly if I hadn't done the course I wouldn't have known that that's where that's where I sat with it yeah I had very similar experiences when I did the counseling degree as well and it was super conflicting because um yeah I was like you know in the world as the tantric witch at the time you know (laughs) which is pretty edgy but it was like something that I was really navigating of like what is the right way but what came through for me in the end is what you just said it's like for me sexuality is the most human thing that we could be a part of you know it's just like and we were we were born from this energy so why 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 strip the humanity out of it and and I get it in a way it's like there's a lot of safety that happens when we bring things into the mind and we bring things into cognition but true safety can only land in the body and it's really going to take people to actually like be brave enough to be in their bodies and listen to that you know i know that i like i've had counselors and i've had um you know coaches and things like that and the ones that can do the best work are the ones that are there feeling that with me you know like the counselors that are there crying with me you know feeling with me when i'm journeying through my life though those are the most potent powerful experiences that i've had human to human and that's actually all we ever want is just like to be in the humanity of, of our own experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is there any other, I guess, points that you want to touch on when it comes to this topic? Um, I actually just want to put a call out for like those that have listened to this and have a resonance with me, you know, um, just to reach out and say hi, because, you know, the world, as we're becoming more into this sort of, trauma-informed, you know, keeping things into containment, I'm feeling like there's a calling for the people that are wanting to come to that evolutionary edge of the arse. And for those people, you know, I would like to connect with more of those. Um, 
yeah it's just like a, a calling to be around the around the others the seekers the ones that are unafraid and know that they're here to bring something different and to and to journey in that way yeah yeah one of those. amazing yeah amazing now i ask all of my guests this question what is something that is orgasmic to you i'm literally sitting here looking at my mountain right now <laughs> sitting up my, my land is like super expensive so for me just like being in the land and um yeah being with the others that are, are seeking that evolutionary edge that's very orgasmic for me amazing well thank you so much for coming on today it has been one of those like interviews where I just expands my mind and it's the type of energy I want to be around as always shaggers thank you so much for listening please reach out with any comments questions or stories either through my instagram at that's orgasmic or my email emilyduncan at that's orgasmic.com please subscribe whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast and leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking. So thank you, Shaggers, and I will see you next time. <gasps>